Women Taking the Lead, episode 228. Try to put myself in a better place before I make a big decision or if something's not going the way that I want it to. So whether that be, you know, taking, you know, if I'm if I'm really heated, um, you know, the 24 hour rule, get some sleep, you know, just go for a quick run to get something out. Like what can I do to be in a better place to make the best decision? Um, I am fortunate that my job aren't life or death. So it can wait until tomorrow, almost always. So just remembering that because we do kind of get caught up in that mania. So, so how can we stop that for a second and make it get in a good place to make a better decision? Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Amanda O'Brien, who is the Director of Business Development at Flight New Media, organizer of Social Media Breakfast Maine, and co-founder of 1820 Wines. She is a work in progress, proud mom, and dog lover. She loves working with businesses and individuals to help them grow and connect them with the resources to reach their goals. Amanda, I have known you for some while, First from afar, and lately I've been able to get to know you better as as a woman and an individual. But what I know from your bio is that barely scratches the surface <laughs> of who you are and what you're up to. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Sure. Um, yeah, so I have a hard time talking about myself and writing bios. I guess I could <laughs> add that to my bio. Um yeah, so I, I am. I'm doing a lot. I'm a pretty busy lady. So humble beginnings. I, you know, I grew up uh, in Maine on an island off the coast of Maine. I was raised by a by a single mother. Um, yeah, in a blue collar family. And then my mother married a fantastic man when I was a little bit older. And he he's um he works for himself. So he's self employed. He's an arborist. And I think I learned a lot about just kind of work ethic and your reputation and and how to make things happen from him. And I'm realizing more and more as I get older, that's where I think I get kind of my, my drive. And I, I just want, I would just want everyone to be happy and find their thing. And I'm going to try and find my way to help them do that. I guess. Yeah. I love that. And when I first reached out to you, cause you, it's, my experience of you is like, you just do what you do because it's natural. It's almost like organic. If I'm not overusing that word too much, that you just follow what interests you. You gather people that interest you on topics that interest you. And at the end of the day, you've created like some pretty amazing things. And in our initial conversation, you were like, well, I don't know if I'm really, you know, woman taking the lead or anything like that. I haven't made it yet. And I'm, I was like, no, no, no. I want, I want to talk with you and share you with my community because you're a woman who's up to stuff like you're taking action and you know so from anyone looking on the outside in like you know here's Amanda she's got a great job she's starting this amazing company she organizes these awesome events and you can like hang your hat on that but where I always start my guests is like those human moments that connect us all the lows of the lows the playing small moments when we just don't realize like what we're really capable of 
love or or our true value. And so we may hold ourselves back or, you know, not go after something that we really want. So Amanda, kick us off with your playing small story and the lessons you've learned from it. Sure. I, I don't think I had a lot of confidence when I was younger. Um, and I am as in my like early twenties, I was just desperate to find my thing, like the thing that I was good at doing. And I remember going not job interviews, but when you, like when you interview people like about their job, cause I just wanted to hear what people did. And I just couldn't ever find like my fit. Um, so I was fortunate enough to, through, you know, as the world works in mysterious ways, kind of find what I thought was my thing, um, which was back in, you know, the early 2000s with with the internet and with like internet marketing and how it, it just made the world so much smaller to me. I could connect and help people. And um, I was actually helping bands uh, make their MySpace profiles. Um, and I was just like, I want to do this, but I couldn't um, because that wasn't a job and it was freaky to people. So I got frustrated and I did the like, you know what? It doesn't have to be my thing. Like all I have to do is have a paycheck that I can pay my mortgage and feed my dog and I'll be fine. And I took a job, which was just such an awful idea. Selling insurance, you know, cause it was just a number. It was like, as long as I can make this number, um, I can be fine. And I, I wasn't, you know, I think work is just a part work and working is part of my identity. So that number wasn't doing me any good. It, I was, you know, I was physically ill and like upset with myself for what I, for what I was doing. And I, I ended up leaving and finding a company that was doing internet marketing. And I just kind of went to them. I was like, you need me. I need you. Let's make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. And so, <laughs> That's a great interview. Like just walk in and go, look, you need me. I need you. We're a partnership. Let's do this thing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just met with a woman a week ago who wants to um, move careers. And, and I told her that kind of that version of that story. And I've heard that with other people and coached them too. Like sometimes it's not finding the right thing. It's like, here's what I'm good at. And like going to a company and being like, I'm good at this. I think you need this. And it, it works sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially in this space. Yes. And what I love about your story, it sounded like initially you were motivated purely on doing your thing, right? Finding that pure thing, but you couldn't get a paycheck from it. And mm -hmm. then you like almost like the pendulum swung in the completely different direction. And you went to selling insurance, which was not your thing, but it was a paycheck. And you found yourself sick to your stomach. Um, and for those of you who sell insurance, it's not to say that that's bad. Mm -hmm. It's to say that was not clearly not Amanda's thing. You know, but then you like came back to center and you actually found something that you were really good at and it could pay you at the same time. And sometimes it's really as simple as that, finding that combination and then telling somebody how you can contribute to them. I think that in, in terms of like marketing and relationships, isn't that the way to go, though? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To, to lead with like, here's how, how I can provide you value. You yep. want to talk with me. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and if you can tie that to, to numbers, then man, it's hard to say no, you know? So if people are in like, especially, especially the digital marketing space, like if you can show them how you can, you know, get them a lead and what it'll cost, like that's, that's, that's power right there. That's powerful conversation. That is pretty magical. And I remember watching a presentation of yours where you were talking about SEO and analytics and numbers. And I don't know, about five, 10 minutes into the conversation, I was like, 
wow, this is beyond me. <laughs> like, like, I'm a smart person, but like, I, I have to say, when I watched you presenting up there and you were so comfortable with the information and you were, it was almost like you started speaking a different language, but I looked around the crowd and more than half the crowd understood what you were saying and they were nodding and laughing and all this stuff. And yeah. I was like, this is a special breed of person who can do this kind of work. And that's why we hire you. Yeah. And I think there are some people who are like, Ooh, I, I have a magic wand and I did something crazy. And I'm like, more like, this is how it was done. All right, cool. Everyone agree. Like it's, I want people to understand. Cause I think the more people understand, the more, um, they're going to be able to do on their own or even understand the value of, of what you did. So mm -hmm. I, I don't no smoke and mirrors here. Yes. You can explain everything you're doing. Nothing magical, yeah. but yeah. it is pretty advanced. I mean, probably not for you at this point. You're probably like, Psh, anyone could do this, but the reality is there's a lot of us on the other side who are going like, I don't, I don't think I want to learn how to do that. I would much rather pay you to do that. So and sure. that's where the money comes in. Yeah. I work with lots of businesses and that's funny. You know, I have that conversation a couple times a week. It's just like, you could totally do this, but you also have to go do the thing you're supposed to be doing. You know, mm -hmm. if you're a roofer or if you're selling insurance or if you're starting a business, like you need to do those things. So you could hire someone to do these things. Yeah. Why crack your skull trying to learn a new trick? When yeah. you can hire out. I agree. I could watch enough YouTube videos and remodel my bathroom, but I should not do that. <laughs> I almost did that one time with like doing <laughs> something with the faucet and the toilet, like replacing it. And I like two hours in, I was like, this is stupid. I should not be <laughs> doing this. And I hired somebody to do it and they got it done. Lickety slick. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and what could you have done in that two hours, you know, for your business or for your life? So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Amanda, share with us another kind of story. This one is based around the wake up call or the aha moment, or it could be, you know, I often, I sometimes hear people say, oh, well, the universe like sent me all these messages until it finally hit me over the head. But however it came to you, there's normally, you know, after that, that moment, there's a, that moment of action when you're ready to do something with the new information or new clarity that you've gotten. So, I mean, if you could tell us what led up to your wake up call moment and the steps that you then took that led to your success. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think coming off that last story of, you know, once I was finally working in internet marketing, it was just something I felt so many companies needed help with. And I saw too many people getting taken advantage of and losing money. But I just had that, like, I, for some reason felt like it was my personal responsibility to help all of them, which isn't great. It's not a great business model just to want to help people and not get paid. Um, and I was going to a lot of events, like a lot of marketing events, you know, where people get up and they speak. And I was going to like an event in Boston called social media breakfast. Um, and I was driving down once a month and I loved it. And then it just kind of, it just, hit me. Like I was like, if I could do this in Portland, how many people could I help one-on-one -on -one, um, or the room could help each other to kind of actually fix something or get help so they could go back to work and um, help and grow their business. But I, again, didn't really have that confidence. And when I look at people who are like event planners, they, they, 
like being in front of people and talking about themselves and and they create their own kind of brand as their personality. And that's not me. I'm pretty private person. Um, so I didn't think I could do it, but I just kind of, I just did it. But I think I did the event differently than how I've seen other people do it. Where like the event is not about me or about where I work or my services. It's about the room. Um, and so the social media breakfast grew from like 15 early adopters. Um, I like to affectionately call us a bunch of nerds in a conference room <laughs> to now it's, you know, 100, 140 people every month. And it's just this great community that works, um, and helps each other out and, um, keeps in touch throughout the month, even when they're not at the event. And, um, it just makes me happy. And like, I have to get up and tell people what they're doing there, but it's not, it's not an event about me. Um, and so I've been doing that for now it's like six years and it's the largest social media breakfast in the country because they have them all over the country and the longest one consecutive running. So I did something right by doing it the way I thought I wanted it to be done and the way I think my community wanted it. You know, Mainers are, are kind of funky. They like, uh, they like things done differently. <laughs> Amen for that. And, yeah. and that's when you first came on my radar because I started my business back in 2010. It was probably within a year or so after I started my business, a colleague of mine was saying, oh, you have to come to this event. It's amazing. I can't believe you haven't been to one yet. This woman, Amanda, she runs them. She's amazing. And th at that time, we were in the hotel. I can't even remember the name of the hotel because its name has changed a couple oh, of yeah. times. I know. But this, yeah, yes, it where the Eastland is. It was this big, beautiful room. It was a pretty large crowd. And you just seemed so comfortable on stage. It's like when I listen to the story of you, like being like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm kind of a private person. I'm not the type of person to stand up in front of a crowd and talk about myself. But you just have this style that makes everyone feel at ease, relaxed. They laugh. And the results don't lie. Like this is now the largest social media event, longest running consecutive event in the country. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I, you know, I like watching seeing, I like watching people's, you know, I've seen businesses grow from things that they've um, found there. I've had, you know, I've seen people completely change directions in, in their brand. I've seen people get jobs. The one thing I'm missing is I haven't seen like a relationship start. Like oh. I would like someone to like, I'd like some romantic story of, you know, people meeting and at a social media breakfast, but that'll happen. Yes. Meeting at social media breakfast. And then maybe one day a proposal in the middle yeah. of the event, maybe right before you do the raffles, we could get yeah, the yeah, proposal yeah. to happen. All right. We'll, we'll get this going. We'll find okay. out, put out feelers. Who's falling in love. Let's hook people up and play matchmaker. <laughs> All right, Amanda. Well, this is a great segue because, you know, one of my favorite things to ask people is about their leadership style, because, you know, as you know, not every leader leads in the same way. We all have different personalities. We all have different strengths. You know, I was just talking about your style at social media breakfast is like, you're just really chill and you make people feel comfortable. And, you know, I loved how you, in the opening you said, I just want people to be happy. And like mm -hmm. that comes across too. You just want to make it like a light, joyful, fun event where people learn a lot. But that's me talking about you. So Amanda, how would you describe your leadership style? Yeah, I think um, I think it's air quotes are up right now. Um, it's it's easy in the fact that I I I I, I just le legitimately want people to succeed. 
um, and to find their thing. I don't know if that's like some deep burn from, again, that time in my 20s where I just felt so lost and no one to kind of push me in a direction. But like, I, I just want each person I'm working with to succeed, whether that's, you know, my, my coworkers or, um, you know, my friends or my network or people who come to me like for advice. I just, I just want to help them have the tools to do that. So, um, yeah, I think that's it is just kind of really wanting other people to succeed. I have worked in places where that has been a detriment. Like I'm more of a person not to be like, look at me, I put my pants on. Um, but to make sure that the other people in the room are getting credit for all the things they did to get something done, a project. Um, so some short-sighted leaders won't see that part. Um, so that has hurt me in the past, but I really would rather have everyone else get the credit and everyone else kind of be learning and growing. Um, yeah. And I think by example, right. So I, I try and, and do my best work and, um, help people along the way. And there are lots of times I want to have a knee jerk reaction to things, but I, but I don't. <laughs> There's a pause. <laughs> But I do not. Yes. <laughs> yes. And what you're describing, Amanda, is actually a leadership style that's becoming incredibly popular right now. And the buzzword that goes along with it is servant leadership. You know, servant leadership. yeah, write that down. Google it. I'm gonna um, Google there, you're going to find tons of articles in Inc. and Entrepreneur and Fast Company and all of that stuff. But it's really, you know, coming from the place of as a leader, you are here to serve and help other people. But, you know, not not in like a like, you know slavery type of way or <laughs> burdensome type of way, yeah. but that you really come from a place of my job is to make sure other people are succeeding, that they're happy, that they're growing, that they're developing. You know, it's really focusing on other people rather than, I love how you said it, like, look at me, I can put my pants on, you know, <laughs> that sort yeah. of thing. But focusing on Am I bringing the best out of the people around me and supporting them and giving them the resources, you know, and the support so that they can succeed and be happy? Sure. Yeah. Love I'm it. In. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so on trend right now. <laughs> you're already signed up. You're there. You're in. You're in the in crowd and you didn't even know it. Yeah. Like when you don't change the way you dress yourself for 10, 20 years and you come back around in style every now and then. It's pretty great. <laughs> kind of like a clock. You're cool. <laughs> you just stick with your style. <laughs> I'm cool right now. <laughs> All right, Amanda, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Uh, sure. I am starting my own business and it's, I've been starting it for a couple of years now, but it's uh, to a, a place now where it's going to go to the public. So I'm making wine out of rhubarb, which is, um, you know, a, a plant that grows really well in Maine. So trying to make a, a sophisticated, locally sourced wine on, um, and along the way, I, you know, I, I, people think I'm an entrepreneur, or something, but I'm not. I am terrified. Um, I like working with entrepreneurs and startups and small businesses, but I have had a steady paycheck and insurance and benefits the whole, the whole way. So, mm -hmm. um, this is a crazy, crazy thing for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how did, how did this come about? Yeah, I was, um, working in radio 10 or 15 years ago. And, um, one of the guys who worked there, we became friends. His name's Pete. Um, and then he has been making the wine for a while. I knew about it. Um, and then we've, you know, we, we stayed in touch, me and him and his wife. And I had it, uh, you know, I was working, actually, I was actually freelancing for a company that was out of Burgundy who was trying to break into the U.S. market. So I was learning a ton about wine and drinking some of the best wine on the planet. 
And um, I tried Pete's wine and I was like, this is amazing. Like, what are, what are you going to do with this? Like, and you know, Maine is to- and everybody is totally into like the local food movement. And, mm-hmm. and just, I just feel like everyone would love this. And, you know, he's like, I would love to do that, but I don't like people or sales or marketing or business planning. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I like those things. And I like you. Um, so yeah, we drank too much wine and decided to make a business of it. And before you knew it, you struck a bargain and here you are. Isn't yeah, that how like some are. of the major life decisions happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty safe person. So this was a bit, that was a big deal for me. So, um, yeah. And it's, it's going well, it's going well. It's exciting. I love it. And it's it, fun to have my baby. Like I've been working on other people's babies forever. So, um, it's nice to have my own kind of thing that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. That is the entrepreneur in you, even though you, you, you might not bleed entrepreneurship, you know, to the core, there is a part of you that like l- kind of likes the excitement of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I was definitely interested in this as well when I saw it, like, I think it came up in a news feed or something, you know, on Facebook. And I was like, what, what is this? This rhubarb wine, but it's so unique. And the fact that it's local and here in Maine, like having a locally made product is, you know, the bomb.com. Um, people go crazy mm-hmm. for it because there's a lot of quality products here in Maine and Maine has a reputation, you know, and I, I mean, if anyone has a tagline or on a package, you know, made in Maine, like mm-hmm. that, that says something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that it's wine and made from rhubarb, I'm like, I can't wait to taste this wine. So I have been following your progress and I see the posts every now and again and the progression of like, I think a, a few weeks ago, it was the licenses and all of that. It's, it's just been fun to watch the progression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been, you know, fun in that, like stress your hair out. Oh my God, am I making the right decision kind of way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like roller coaster fun. Like, yeah, am, am I going to die? Work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. I love it. And on the flip side of things, Amanda, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? I think I'm probably the only person who's ever said this, but, um, time management, you know, like making sure, cause I do, I want, I want to help everybody and I want to help all the businesses. And, and I, I love my job, um, at flight and I want to do the best work for flight and for my clients. And, you know, I have the wine thing and the social media breakfast and, you know, I'm a single mom. Um, I, I just need to be better about managing my time, um, and doing one thing at a time as best I can. And then get, well, getting through the list. Mm -hmm. That definitely is a common challenge. This was something I was chatting about not even a week ago, you know, and somebody was like, you need to time block and you need to prioritize. I'm like, I do all of those things. I I have that down. The problem is, is when somebody out of the blue is like, I need your help. Then I'm like, I will save you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, yeah, everybody's important to me. And I hate to make anyone feel like they're not. And so, you know, and for you, you have a lot of things going on. I'm sure it's, it is tough to like focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. And you know, it's something I'm working on super secret way is, um, I do want the best for everyone, but, um, it might not have to be me that Mm -hmm. does it, you know, like, and I think that's hard for me sometimes to, um, to realize. But I'm working. I'm working on it. Yes, that's a great reminder. I know that one. I need to lean into it a little bit more. Like, does yeah. it does it need to be me? Am I really yeah. required in this situation? Because yeah. the reality is, we're all we're all unique and valuable. This is true, and we're all replaceable. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I, re- I remember hearing it's it's kind of a, like an odd joke, maybe not in the best spirit, but it popped into my mind. So I'm going to I'm going to say it. The, the <laughs> cemeteries are full of people who thought they weren't replaceable. Mm. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's a little grim, but also remembering like there will be a time where I will absolutely be replaceable. Maybe this is one of those moments, too. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, could I take this time? to introduce you to someone else, you know, or to, or to make a, some type of other connection for you or, or something instead of, I feel like I just take people on like, okay, I can do, I can help you. Oh yeah, I can help you. And maybe it doesn't, doesn't have to be me. It's kind of my mm-hmm. little thing I'm working on. I like that little add on too. Is like, it doesn't have to be a no, it can be, let me redirect you to yeah. another resource. So you're not leaving anyone high and dry. You're just saying, I'm not the one, let me help you find the one. Awesome. All right, Amanda, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Sure. Um, I think I try to put myself in a better place before I make a big decision or if something's not going the way that I want it to. So whether that be you know, taking, you know, if I'm, if I'm really heated, um, you know, the 24-hour rule, get some sleep. Um, you know, I just told you before about going for a run, like, you know, just go for a quick run to get something out. Like, like what can I do to be in a better place to make the best decision? Um, I am fortunate that my job aren't, um, life or death. So it can wait until tomorrow for almost always. So just remembering that cause we do kind of get caught up in that mania. So, so how can we stop that for a second and make it Get in a good place to make a better decision. Nice. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, I wish I was more confident earlier and just realizing that it, it all, you're, you can always be learning. You can always be moving forward and it, you know, it'll, it'll work out. Um, yeah, I just wish everybody kind of knew that. I mean, you might not be right where you want to be, but what can you learn here to, to get you, get you along the way? That. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Sure. Um, I recently went on a trip to New York with my son, who's four, um, just him and I in the big city, you know, and then I put together like a little photo book and I put in the front of the book something I've been kind of living by for for a while now. Um, but that like, you know, in 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones that you did do. So I think I held myself hostage for a long time of like, I'm not ready for this. And I got to plan for this. I'm going to save for this. And da, 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 da. Um, and then 10 years went by and I had a lot of things I regretted not doing. So yeah, I just think we just got to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Love that quote on that. You know, there's that popular book about the, the regrets of the dying. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and definitely talks about that, like living a life based on what other people wanted for us, not being our true selves, not doing the things that really interested us. So we have to remind ourselves that like, like this, this is our time. This is the time to do it. And I love that you're capturing it in photos. Yeah. Yeah. I let you do like that. <laughs> Unless I love photos. I'm a sucker for photos. I know. And I think that's why Instagram is blowing up the way it is right now. Why it's so popular is, you know, I think we all are, you know, I would say the majority of the population is very visual and mm-hmm. seeing things in photos just like sucks us right into a moment. Yeah. 
Yeah, I um, I went to a conference recently, and one of the speakers was talking about the more we advance with how we communicate, the less human we're getting, right? So, you know, talking face-to-face versus talking on the phone versus email versus texting, like the more convenient it is, the less personal it is. Mm-hmm. It made me think about Instagram as you can you can instantly be more a part of someone's day, right? And you can get a feel, you can get a feeling for them and for their day and, and what they're trying to do and pictures, say a thousand words, right? That's for right. Service. Love it. And Leslie, Amanda, what's the best way for this community to connect with you? Oh, um, well, I think on Twitter, probably I'm Amanda underscore pants. And then the rest kind of comes from there. I mean, so 1820 Wines is the wine company. Um, Takeflight.com is is Flight New Media and socialmediabreakfastmain.com. Love it. And for those of you listening, I know you're oftentimes out for a run or you're in the car working out. So you know you can find all the links and resources Amanda shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Before we say goodbye, I want to give a huge shout out to Millie Welsh at Zebra Lab Web Solutions. She does the hosting for the Women Taking the Lead website, as well as the SEO and payment solutions. So if you need help with any of these things, contact Millie at ZebraLubWebSolutions.com. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.